Hello, welcome to the University of Brighton podcast. I'm Richard Newman. If you're new to this, thanks for listening. We talk to a range of students, staff and academics about key information you may need to know, research projects, interesting stories, you name it. We're a mixed bag. Take a look at the back catalogue for more information. This week, we're focusing on the return to campus ahead of the new academic year. Whether you're a new or returning student, things will look a little different this term. But for months, loads of work has gone in to make sure that our campuses are as COVID secure as they possibly can be. Your safety is the absolute priority. There is and there will be lots of information on our website, brighton.ac.uk, a simple video as well explaining key changes and we'll be keeping you updated via email, social media, on-site messaging, loads of ways. But as you can see, I'm at our Falmer campus right now, beautiful day in Sussex and it's great to be back on site. Um, but to go through what to expect, we've assembled a panel who've been involved in the planning since day one of the pandemic. Sarah Hogg, Director of Student Operations and Support, Andrew Knight, Deputy Director of Occupational Safety and Health, and Neil Smith, Assistant Director of Estates and Facilities Management. Thanks all for coming on. Loads to get through, and it will be a bit of a whistle-stop tour of what's in place, but just how much work has gone into all of this? Absolutely, uh, a tremendous amount of work has gone into uh, planning for starter terms. So we, we've had uh, colleagues, uh, safety managers, working closely with uh, trade union colleagues to review the government guidance that's been coming out. We're, we're following uh, strictly the government guidance to ensure that the, the campus and the experience is COVID secure. So we've, we've been working on this right from day one uh, throughout the entire summer. Uh, and as the government guidance has been changing, we've been monitoring those changes and updating our positioning around uh, different measures. We've got, as you might expect, uh, signage, sanitizer, one-way systems, uh, face coverings policy. Uh, we've got an array of different measures in place to uh, ensure that the, the uh, university's campus COVID secure uh, so that yeah, students can come in and, and enjoy their time at the university. And as I mentioned a, a few minutes ago, the priority really, guys, is just it's, it's safety. It's making sure everyone is safe. Yeah, I, I mean, it's absolutely fundamental to everything that we've been doing. We know things are going to be different, but what we're trying to do is make sure that students have the same experience just in a more safe environment. So we've had to sort of change things slightly, but we're still making sure that there's all of the different activities. So the sports teams are still going to be able to, to take part in activities. Um, we're still going to have um, staff on campus who are delivering catering services, library services, but all of those have had a real sort of risk assessment base taken so that they're all done in a very, very safe environment to make sure that both staff and students can really, you know, be, be reassured that we've done everything that we possibly can. Yeah. Um, Neil, I guess you from um, the state's point of view, I mean, you've essentially been having to find a whole new way of operating, which I guess must have been pretty challenging. Yeah, it has been. Um... And, and, and Andrew and Sarah both right. You know, um, the thing is around trying to keep the the campus fully operational, but but in um, in a safe manner. Um, so that's seen us adapt how adapt our services, such as you know things like from cleaning through to um, cleaning of of spaces of you know libraries and and sports centres and and classrooms and and um, and how we and and the main thing is how we get people around the buildings as well. So again, we you know we've, we've spent a lot of time working with health and safety colleagues around putting in directional signage and um, uh, one-way systems to help people navigate around the buildings in a safe manner. 
I just want to support what Neil's been saying there around some of the directional arrows and, and the way that you navigate around the building. It, it's presented a real challenge for us. What we've had to do is, is check, for example, that the fire safety arrangements for the building still work. And we've made sure as a university that we've, we've um, where possible, gone for, the, as the government guidance, two metres social distancing wherever possible uh, around the estate. Uh, but yeah, huge amount of detailed work uh, has gone in to make sure we get a, a building that, that works well and that people feel safe in. Yeah, it, it is all around that, uh, keeping people safe. And I think um, some of the stuff that we've done is, you know, we've, we've, we've done pretty much what you're going to see in most places, supermarkets and, and other, other universities and college, colleges, etc. We've put in, um, there's hand sanitizer points pretty much most in most locations that are easy accessible. We've got more cleaners working throughout the day, again, to kind of promote that sort of, um, you know, to give people confidence that the, the areas they'd be working, studying in, learning in will be clean. The facilities they use, such as catering facilities and libraries and all that, again, they've all they've all got the same sort of hygiene procedures in place. So again, you know, people can feel safe when they're on campus. That's that's our main main aim is to keep people safe. And we know it's going to be a slightly different experience, certainly for returning students who've been used to doing things in a, a specific way. So it is going to take a little bit of time to get used to following the right one-way site, you know, sort of directions. It's going to get, you know, used to having to be, you can't go up the stairs that you've probably used for the last year or two years. So what we're also going to try and do is to have some welcome ambassadors. And the welcome ambassadors will just sort of be there to guide you and just to remind people about, you know, putting face coverings on unless you're exempt from wearing them. Um, only a certain number of people to go in, into the lifts and which stairs are the upstairs, which stairs are the downstairs, what is the direction within the corridors. And all of that really is about just reminding people because sometimes, I mean, I've done it myself, you go to a supermarket and there's a one way aisle and then you forget something and you, you, you can't, you know, you think, oh, just go back and get it. But you've got to go all the way around to get it. So it's just getting used to doing things in a slightly different way. Um, and it's all about keeping it, keeping each other safe, really, keeping the staff safe, keeping the students safe. And I think that's really important that we all work together to make sure that we try and do that. And our, our, as I say, our, our welcome ambassadors will absolutely be there to, to sort of help people and guide people. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly new to the university and uh, trying, to find, trying to navigate my way around was quite difficult. So with um, putting all these one-way systems in as well, that's, it's a real challenge. And I think, um, as, as Sarah quite rightly says, these ambassadors here are really to help people find their way around. You know, if you're new to, you're going to be new to coming in new this year, um, it's not going to be, you know, we need to make it really easy for you to navigate around. And, and, that's, and that's part of that. Regarding the structure of the day, I mean, that's going to change a bit for students. I realise you are, you wouldn't be directly involved in, in timetabling, but just in general, um, you know, there's going to be a mixture this term, especially uh, at least of on campus and, and remote learning, which means those that are on campus will have extended teaching days. Logistically, it's all very different. There are different room layouts, restrictions to numbers in rooms. You know, we're asking students to make sure that they they arrive promptly and leave promptly as well. Can anyone sort of explain what sort of things are going to be in place um, for in terms of that yeah general structure of a day for a student? Certainly, the students um, will get their timetables on the twenty fourth of September, and that will then give them the idea of what their structure for the the week is going to look like. And that absolutely will be a blend of um, you know on campus sessions, but also it will be the, the the sort of remote learning that certainly the second and third year students will 
have um, you know have done at the end of the, the sort of um, last academic year because of the lockdown period. Having said that, the university has invested a significant amount in completely brand new software and technology, so it's going to be a, a fabulous uh, sort of um, uh, improvement to to some of the, the sessions from last year. Um, so we um, basically, when a student arrives, absolutely we want to make sure that they don't arrive too early so that we don't have students congregating around. All of the rooms basically have been made COVID secure. We've had a real sort of mammoth effort from a number of teams across the sort of estates department and health and safety who've looked at each of the rooms to see about you know social distancing the two meter rule and how you know what capacities that we can fit safely into those rooms and um, so so don't move the furniture as well that's one of the key things that we ask and obviously at the end of the, the sort of session again you know we would ask students to sort of vacate the area um, it might be a different way out so it might not be the same way that you came into a, a room you know you might have to go a different way down the corridor and certainly not to congregate around because there may be another group of students who are coming in um, you know just after you um, but the academic experience will absolutely be the same you'll have that you know that amazing interaction with your academic lecturers that you normally do you'll have that ability to talk to your personal tutors to your course leaders you know you can you can have the best of both worlds in a way because you can see them face to face for those sessions but also you can uh, you know you can do the sort of remote learning as well and we know a number of students actually you know they really flourished with the remote learning because certainly with sessions that were pre-recorded or, or they could do in that they could do them at their own time they didn't necessarily have to do them at a set time so you know there are some real benefits to the, the sort of remote side of things as well but you will still all have that interaction with all your peers within your within your cohorts and your groups you still have the very same experiences, but obviously it will be very much within that lecture theatre, the two metre social distancing, and obviously then the rule of six. The rule of six that we will all become very used to when you leave a, a, a building or you, you know, you, you're sitting um, with other students, it should be socially distanced um, unless they're in your same household, um, and then obviously only six of you and um, because of the rule of six can therefore be seen to sort of you know be socializing um, in the sort of you know universities sort of communal areas as well just adding to the the, the classroom areas as well so again we've put in again as i said before we've put in um, a lot of cleaning products and, and and again using hand sanitizer as, as and when um, as and when you're moving throughout the building let's talk about the rule of six it, you mentioned it just now, Sarah, we're talking in the week that it's been introduced. Um, but I guess in some ways it makes things a lot clearer in a way. It's no longer, this is no longer guidance. It's, it's the law and um, it is something that we're all having to get used to. Absolutely. We are all having to get used to it. You know, everybody's having to sort of um, think about their activities, think about how they're meeting up with people. Um, you know, so I, I think it, it's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a challenge to start off with you know we're all getting used to it um, but actually hopefully it will become something that that becomes just the norm and, and expected and you will see um, you know the, the group of six or the rule of six being that the sort of norm um, it is the law yes absolutely and you know and we we should you know it is our responsibility to, to keep each other safe and this is one of the ways that the government have indicated that they can and we sh you know we, we can make other people safe and ourselves safe by sticking to this so we would really hope that that, that message is, is taken on board by students and that they do in, in all settings, not just within the university, within their household groups, when they socialise, when they're in the, the sort of local community, that they, they abide to that, to that sort of um, the rule of six, definitely. 
Let's talk about face coverings. When will they be required? Um, I guess, you know, if people want to wear them all the time, they can do, but when are they mandatory? Uh, face coverings uh, in, in line with government uh, policy on this, government guidance. Uh, the universities adopted uh, a, a position whereby when you're moving through the building, so you're in the common areas, the foyer of the building, the entrance lobby, the lift, um, the corridors, that it is mandatory to wear a face covering. So you, you do need to wear it when you're moving through the building. But what we've said is when you arrive at your destination, uh, could be uh, a library, canteen, uh, it could be a teaching room, that there's a specific risk assessment that's been completed for that setting uh, and, and that will dictate whether or not it is then still mandated to wear a face covering in that setting or whether or not actually you don't need to wear it. So for example, in a teaching room uh, setting where we've got two meter social distancing, what we're saying is you don't have to wear face covering when you're in that setting because you, you, you're actually secure by virtue of the social distancing. Just to say, to, to add to that, um, it's also mandatory to wear face coverings because of government regulations in catering outlets until you're actually sitting down eating your food, because obviously you can't eat your food with a mask, you know, with face covering on. Um, and also libraries, um, it's part of the government um, uh, uh, guidance there as well. Um, you know, the university are very aware that there are a number of students and, and staff who will be exempt from wearing, um, you know, from wearing face coverings. So what we're doing is working on a process where um, students and staff can choose to identify themselves so that other people maybe not sort of um, ask them questions. So we're looking at the sunflower lanyards that you may have seen, which uh, talks about either a hidden disability, but we're also talking about developing badges as well. So people can pop badges on and that will then just be a, a sort of reminder to other students um, not to sort of um, say, oh, why have you not got a face covering on? You can't come into this area. Um, you know, we've also done lots of messaging in some of our return to campus information just to make people aware that there are some students and staff who, because of certain circumstances and situations, will not be wearing face coverings. But absolutely, it, you know, for the rest of the staff and students, it absolutely is expected. Well, you know, it's to keep each other, we're keeping each other safe again. It's about that, that community responsibility to look after each other that I think is really important. What you're mentioning about libraries and um, catering spaces there, Sarah, I mean, um, what sort of thing can we expect from from those? They're still open. They're still able to go in um, to go and use sports facilities as well. They're open. Can you tell us what is there anything that, that maybe isn't open? Um, Everything sort of operating fairly as normal, but within the new guidelines. Yes, so absolutely. Catering facilities are open. We've had to obviously reduce the, the seating capacity, um, but you can obviously still take away. We're also introducing a brand new click and collect service for students and staff as well. So basically to cut down queuing, um, there will be an opportunity later on in the day to basically, you know, uh, click your pizza and then um, arrange a specific time, sort of 10, 15 minutes later to go and collect it. Um, Certainly, um, you know, the full range of, of um, services is available apart from things like salad bars and soup, because obviously we don't want people to be able to help themselves. And, and, and so everything is absolutely following food and beverage sector guidance and environmental health guidance. So what you'll see is you'll see some screening up just to make sure that, that you, you know, your food is safe and that you are safe. Um, you'd also have to check in if you're sitting down and eating, a bit like if you go to a restaurant or a pub. So there will be QR codes that will basically link you to a, a check-in site. 
So you'll have to give your details because we're, we're obliged to keep those details for 21 days in, in cases they're a, a sort of um, somebody test positive. Um, and libraries, um, slightly different, it's going to be a booking system, so you're going to have to book in to a session or, or, or a study, study skills space. Again, you're going to have to wear your face covering whilst you're in that library until you're sitting in your, your, your seat. Um, and so slightly different, again, not quite so much open access, but absolutely services available. And sport, yes, sports centres and, and facilities are open. Again, some slight changes. Some of it will be bookable. Um, we've got to um, limit the number of, of people who use our gyms, for example. We are very much working to national governing body of sport guidelines about different sports and how many people can play a different sport and some of the adapted rules and regulations. But there will still be some fantastic opportunities for students to get fit we know there's a real correlation between positive, you know, physical health and, and mental health. So we would actively encourage students and staff actually to do some form of physical activity on the campus while they possibly can. Just on that as well, we've made sure that there are facilities available as well. So we've tried to get showers back in place and there are changing areas as well for some, not all, not, not all the sports, but certainly for people coming in who are, you know, staff and, and students who are cycling in. There are, there are still lockers available um, and there's still facilities to, to leave bits and pieces as well. While we're on that, we might as well tackle the, the, the issue of travel as well. And I mean, if students and staff can travel in without using public transport, that's the ideal situation. We have cycle facilities here. We have showers available. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, we you know we're not the, the messages around um, using public transport sens sensibly. We've been working quite closely with the local the local bus companies and train and the, and the rail networks as well, understanding what they've put in place as well to make sure again we're you know they're they're, they're doing the best to keep keep all our all our students and staff who do have to use public transport safe. And we've got real confidence that actually they've they've done some really good good things um, locally. So again, um, we've got confidence they can use use those services safely. We've also got the Brighton Bikes. So this is an, an initiative that's within the city. So you might pe see people sort of um, cycling around on the sort of um, Brighton Green, as they call it, bikes. Um, and we've now got them on all of our campuses and our, our halls of residence. And actually, there's a really special deal that the, the, the company are doing. So you can actually have your first ride for free if you've got register as a University of Brighton member of uh, staff or, or a student. And then they've actually done a specific annual price um, so it's, it works out to be really, really quite cheap just to jump on one of these bikes, pedal off into the city or pedal off to your campus for your lecture uh, and then pedal, pedal back to maybe your halls of residence or, or to the shops or whatever you want to do. So, you know, I would really actively encourage people just to look um, on the sort of Brighton Bike scheme and, and see what, um, what great deals that they do for the University of Brighton people. We've also kept the university bus running as well. Again, it's at reduced capacity, obviously because of um, uh, government guidelines. But that's that obviously runs from from Falmer across the um, Brighton campuses as well. So that's that's available to all students and staff as well. We talk about the community pledge. It's a document which is um, you know it's basically a commitment to um, to help keep everyone safe: the students, staff, the wider community. What does it involve? So it's basically, yeah, it is encouraging us to all look after each other. We are a community and therefore we should be looking after each other. So it talks about, you know, just some of the obvious things. If you've got a temperature, if you're not particularly feeling very well, then don't come to campus that day. If you've got any symptoms, you know, absolutely try and get a test as soon as you possibly can. Um, if you're um, basically with other people and you're living in a household, 
um, and you do have symptoms and you do have a positive test, then all of those people should self-isolate until you have that test result. And basically, if it, it is positive, you know, then, then you will have to, they will have to sort of continue to self-isolate, um, even if they're sort of non-symptomatic as well. It talks about some of the behaviours, so looking after each other, you know, just observing some of the signage and the, and the hand sanitising and also the face coverings where applicable. Um, it talks about um, social distancing, social gatherings, and again, just sort of, you know, being very mindful of, of protecting each other by following that guidance. Um, it, it really is about sort of um, our commitment to some of our behaviours around the sort of whole COVID guidance. Um, it, it's not sort of... Um, it's not hard, you know, harsh and it's not about, you know, us telling people what they should do. It's about all of us have got a commitment to look after each other. And what we're trying to say is just just trying to think about some of these areas um, and, and sort of almost as prompts and tips to think about, you know, making sure that you're safe so that you keep everybody safe as well. Can I just uh, endorse that community pledge it, for from a health and safety practitioner's perspective? We, we can put all of the hardware sanitizers, one-way systems, you know, we can put all of that in, but it's only as good as when people engage with it. And the, it's a collective effort on all of our part to make it work, to be COVID secure. We, we need that uh, commitment from people to uh, support us. So I, I absolutely, you know, support it and advocate it. You know, and I, and I think if we don't get this right, if we don't maybe change our behaviours and start to sort of, you know, think about things like the rule of six, thinking, you know, thinking about things, none of us want to be back in a lockdown position. We absolutely do, do not. So this is absolutely about putting some really positive steps into place so that we all protect each other now, but also in the future so that those, you know, things don't deteriorate and get even worse and we end up back in lockdown. We don't, we don't want that, please. Yeah, let's um, quickly talk about what happens then if a student tests positive. What will the process be? Okay, so um, we've done a lot of work with um, the local health protection team and the director of public health. Um, so basically, um, if a student does test positive, let's talk about the general and then I'll come back and talk about specifically about students in halls. So generally, if a student tests positive, um, so that means they've had symptoms, they've gone and got a test, they've had that test result. What we're asking them to do is um, to contact the university. So there will be an, a little button on the My Brighton app that they can press, which basically informs the university that they've had a positive test. And then what that will do is then it will allow us to make sure that the public health team in Brighton are aware that there is a student who, who's tested positive. You'll also basically be asked, once you've had a positive test, you'll be contacted by the test and trace team. And the test and trace team might just ask you who you've been in contact with in the last sort of 72 hours in close contact. In close contact normally means um, less than a metre for about 15 minutes. And they'll probably try and, and then um, find out who those people are. And it might mean that they have to come to the university if you've been in an academic setting. And then we will be able to sort of say who you've been sitting around if you don't necessarily know all of the names. And then it's very much about um, the test and trace team within the, the, the Public Health England team to tell a person whether or not they think they need to self-isolate or not. Um, so it's not, it's not, you know, if somebody tests positive, it's not that everybody who's ever been anywhere near them needs to test positive. It absolutely is up to Public Health England to make that decision. 
However, if somebody in your household, and that includes student halls, if somebody in your household take tests positive, then you are absolutely obliged to self-isolate for 14 days. The person who tests positive, they have to self-isolate for 10 days from when they first had their symptoms, but everybody else has to test, has to basically self-isolate uh, until that 14-day period when they could develop symptoms, um, you know, is, is, um, is, is, has passed. And we know very much that, that certainly the sort of um, 19 to 30 year old age group, a lot of the people who have COVID don't have any symptoms at all. They are asymptomatic. You might have heard that, that expression. And that basically means they don't have, a, a, you know, they don't have any temperature rises. They don't have a loss of the sense of taste or smell. You know, they, they don't have any of those other symptoms that, that are, are quite um, understood, but they could still be contagious. And that's the reason why we need them to remain for 14 days. And what will happen in those instances is we ask you to inform the university. We ask you to inform the, um, the residential um, life team as well, because the resi life team will absolutely look after you. They'll make sure that you've got food. They'll make sure that you've got access to laundry, for example. Um, they will make sure that you've got, you know, your well-being is looked after because it's going to be quite challenging to sort of maybe stay inside for 14 days. So they will contact you. And likewise, students who are out in, in private housing, um, you know, you'll still have those same access to your SSGTs, your student support and guidance tutor, to be able to sort of let them know if you're having any issues, you're not able to get yourself food. And we can absolutely, as a university, you know, as we have done, actually, we've looked after students since March who've been self-isolating so we provided people with food parcels out in the community for example so you know we are used to looking after students and we will absolutely continue to do that if they if they do have those positive tests but the most important thing to remember you need to let us know it's really important that you go onto the My Brighton app and you make sure that you press that button that says COVID positive test. That's really clear advice Sarah but how closely are we working with um, all the relevant authorities as a university? Yeah, so we are we are really working closely with them. Um, I've um, been meeting with the health protection team on a, a sort of a weekly basis. The director of, of public health within the city council, and um, both with uh, in Brighton, but also covering the Eastbourne um, campus as well. We've been working very closely with them. We've had to basically pull together a number of, of plans, which they've had to, to sort of sign off and check, and um, just to make sure that that they're they're happy with our processes and our procedures and um, if we do have positive tests and actually what we've decided to do is almost like a belt and braces approach so that they will tell us if any students uh, or staff um, if they know that their staff at the university um, have a, a, a sort of um, you know are tested positive and we will also let students let them know about the students at the university as well so so just in case because we know sometimes um, students don't necessarily have the the right address on, on some of their things like their GP documents so so that one thing I would ask is make sure that you do update your your addresses with your GPs for example and also that you make sure that your university address is your actual term time address and not your home address because what happens with test and trace in the local authorities is they will look at that to sort of see you know where they think that you've been in contact with people so you need to let them know that you're actually in Eastbourne or you're in Brighton that's really really important but yeah so almost um you know sort of uh, weekly meetings uh, but sometimes twice a week if, if and we know that if there are any um sort of you know 
any cases that are positive and there's a cluster that they will we will work with them on a sort of case by case basis and put it together a very quick action plan of what we're going to do and how we're going to deal with it so you know confident that that we've got those really good links with the teams that we need to have and mm. um, some students and staff um, may feel worried about coming on campus which you know would be completely natural how can they be put at ease and also you know we have a responsibility to the community and some people in the wider community may also be concerned about university students coming down here so what can we sort of say to make sure that you know we've uh, we're doing everything we can to, to keep everyone safe and that um, to put everyone at ease as well really yeah, so I know that the vice chancellors of both uh, University of Brighton and University of Sussex are doing a, a, some messaging out to the community um, just to try and alleviate some of the fears. You know, there's been a lot of, of, of um, scaremongering in the press about young people and young people's behaviours and the sort of potential second wave. And, and that, you know, that, that's really been taken out of proportion. The students who are coming to the University of Brighton are probably the most informed students. They will get all of the messaging before they come. They will know the guidelines more than the general, you know, sort of 18 to 25 year old population. So, so basically for them, um, it's going to be, you know, just making sure that they follow those that guidance. And to us, it's about reassuring the, the, the local community that, you know, these are these are people who, who are coming to a university because they want to improve their prospects in life. They want to study the passion that they're really, you know, involved in, um, you know, with the course that they want to do. They want to, you know, set up a business and become an mm -hmm. entrepreneur. They're, they're here to really make sure that they, you know, that they can they can do good so they you know we're not saying that they're all going to be perfect some of the times they might occasionally forget the rules and the regulations um, but certainly our community liaison teams they will be out there to sort of offer guidance and reassurance to, to those students and to maybe just remind them of what the what the expe expectations are and also to sort of alleviate some of the concerns with local residents as well it's, it's very much about we're all in this together and we have to follow the guidance to make sure that we can all you know sort of move forward in, in a safer way as we possibly can i think um you know we've, we've said you know we've, we've we've put lots and lots of um there's been lots and lots of hard work over the summer there's lots and lots of measures gone in place um in the the on 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 campus learning is at, at 25 percent. so there's we're encouraging there is a massive encouragement towards online <clears throat> online teaching um a, Great, great number of our staff are all still working from home as well, and we're encouraging that. We're all we're all at home today. Work again, so again, we're we're trying to cut down on the on the volume of people moving around around the local area. Um, and what we're just asking everybody to do is you know, is also to do every everything possible in your own you know way wear, wear your face coverings, make sure you use the sanitizers, make sure you use all the stuff that we put out there for you, both staff and students and any visitors as well. Um, Sarah, I think you was going to say something else. Yeah, we know it absolutely is an anxious time for some people. It, it's a it's a real transition to move from home to come to university in the first place, or to come back to university after we've had a, a period of close down. Um, and we have the most amazing um, sort of well-being support that the university provides. So we have um, from the, the SSGTs to the counselling and well-being team. We have lots of online resources. And so, you know, there are people here to support students and staff actually at the university. We have a, a great occupational health team as well to make sure that they, there, is a, um, there is somebody to always talk to, course leaders, personal tutors, there's, you know, make sure that if you do have any anxieties that you don't keep them to yourselves, that maybe share them with a, with a friend or, or if you can't speak to somebody, then there's somebody in the, the university 
university will absolutely always you know listen to you and support you um, and I think it's really important that people people know that that you know we really want students to succeed we want them to achieve the best they can possibly do and we want to support them all the way and that's what we do with the well-being as well ultimately we want to make sure the student experience is as you know as genuine as possible it's as enjoyable as possible um so how are we making sure that you know we do that i mean i i, I guess it's going to be different um but actually it's also going to give opportunities for us to try new things so i know for example our student union um have uh, are working in sort of um, combination with another of other student unions to put together a really fantastic virtual online freshers welcome and what this has done is collectively it's allowed them to sort of club together to get some fantastic big name um, sort of comedians or, or people that, that you know um, will be amazing and um, that we wouldn't have been able to, to sort of you know put in front of our students just by ourselves because we couldn't afford their fees at the end of the day so there's a fantastic sort of online um, you know sort of virtual unplugged or plugged welcome as, as the student you know calling it as well so look on their sort of freshers um, or, um information that you know it'll give you all of that de the detail there you know brighton has got lots of um nightlife still it you know it, it absolutely is still there um but obviously it's very much again um having to book into to to pubs having to check into those that the, the rule of six for example the social distancing so you know there is absolutely those opportunities um, to go out and have that that social experience and to, to, to leave the campus and to explore the city the cafes the beach that you know the, the south downs all of those sort of areas other than just the sort of party nightlife um, but also to just to remember the rule of six and to do it in a safe a safe way so just make sure that you if you you know that you know how to book into the, the local bar and you know what the expectations are about sort of going there so i think yeah it's it's going to be different but it's not going to be um no social life whatsoever we're not expecting students to stay on campus and sit in their rooms we absolutely want them to have the full brighton and eastbourne experience as well definitely yes exactly and for just even from a teaching point of view as well i'm looking out right now onto this the sports field here at Falmer I can see uh, one group has just come out to, to sit out there socially distanced having their uh, teaching being delivered right there as well so it's good to be seeing it all in action here uh, at Falmer and um, any final um, words of advice anything you'd like to, to, to get across I think my final words would be that I would urge students just take a moment familiarize yourself with the building that you're in have a look at the signs have a look at the arrangements uh, as Sarah mentioned earlier, a lot of that guidance will have already been shared in advance of actually arriving on campus, but just take a moment to familiarise with it. Uh, it should be, in fact, I can tell you it will be straightforward and, and, and quite easy to follow. Uh, but yeah, do engage. It's a collective effort. Use the hand sanitizer, follow the signs, wear your face covering, um, and, and that will help massively. Thank you. Yeah, and just to, to sort of echo what Andrew said, you know, wash your hands, use the hand sanitizer, you know, have a, wear a face covering, look after each other. Um, but if you are anxious and concerned, then speak to us, let us know. Um, you know, we, we are, are here to help you, we're here to support you. Um, uh, and yeah, and please just try and follow the guidelines. They are, 
you know, they might seem restrictive, but they're there for a reason and it does impact all of us. We are all restricted, but this is actually for the collective good. So, you know, you're going to have a fantastic time, but it is going to be slightly different. But, you know, the, the University of Brighton is such a great place to come to and you're really sort of investing in your future. So, you know, we are here to help you every step of the way, definitely. Thanks so much, all of you, for your time today. Really great to chat through everything that's been put in place. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, visit our website, brighton.ac.uk, and our social media channels for all the updates. There's also the What to Expect from Halls podcast from last week to catch up on that, if you can. Next week, we'll be talking to Brighton Students' Union about their plans for freshers. Thanks for listening. <laughs>